everybody. Welcome to the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Andrew. This is Josh. This is Anya. We're all back. The Mayfair Podcast returns to the Mayfair after the trek out east to beautiful downtown Halifax. And then last week I ended up just doing a mini episode, admittedly because I was kind of exhausted. We're multitasking right now. We're back in the theater. Our monthly new Camino documentary is screening in the theater right now. It seems like this is about the 50th Camino documentary or movie we've screened in the past couple of years, but they keep on making them and people keep on coming. So yeah. <laughs> so we actually had a request via something on social media, but it's a request that I always think is kind of, it's always difficult because basically the fan, our person said, talk about independent films. What's your favorite independent films? And I just kind of said, well, just come to everything that we screen at the Mayfair because with the exception, you know, everyone's always squeezing a King Kong movie or something like that. But for the most part, pretty much everything we do is independent. Yep. But uh, I don't know, do you guys have maybe a favorite movie we've screened in the last little while or one upcoming that we know about that, and it's so hard to define what independent is nowadays, because mm-hmm. even independent might have a $50 million budget, but... Well, just it just means it's independently financed. Yeah. It wasn't financed by Warner Brothers or Paramount or... Disney. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very boring explanation. Very boring yeah. definition. Like, I always think of, nowadays especially, it's more and more films, and I'm always interested to see it end of a movie when 80,000 names go by. That means it was some form of a Kickstarter movie. And we're seeing that more and more, even with movies you wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. The last one that I remember that we got, and it was a, a nice little get for us, was the um, the Taika Waititi movie, the vampire movie. What uh, We Do in the Shadows? Yeah. Where that was a movie from Taika Waititi, who has a track record behind him of doing some really good independent film and directing episodes of Flight of the Concords, and Jermaine was in it from Flight of the Concords, but nonetheless, it was still a completely low-budget, Kickstarter-financed kind of movie. And then that movie kind of led to Taika Waititi getting a job writing on Moana and directing Thor 3. So you have these little independent films getting people bigger gigs now. So that that's a really independent movie from New Zealand that we screened at least in the last whatever year or two that mm-hmm. is one of my um, favorites Hunt for the Wilder People also directed by yeah exactly yeah that was an amazing one and that's a one where anytime people complain that there's no good movies or originality out there yeah. I always point to people like Taika Waititi or Edgar Wright or where, and they're like well no there's stuff out there it might not be making 200 million dollars at the box office it's not a recipe movie but Years ago, I worked at a theater in Vancouver, and Run, Lola, Run came out. It was makes me sound 100 years old, but it's just when kind of the internet was becoming the internet. So I was, was a year old. Yeah, yeah. You were, <laughs> Anya was a baby. Oh, wow. I was in college. and uh, I guess I'm old. I, I would take horse and carriage to school. <laughs> and I went into that movie not knowing anything. All I knew was the poster had a cute punk-looking redhead girl on it. And now it's so hard to not know anything going into a movie. And so I went into that movie, an independent movie, a foreign film, and it blew me away. I think that's harder nowadays. Like, I think it's harder to be surprised. I don't know. It's harder to go in blind and not knowing anything about a movie. So that's what's good about independent movies sometimes is that you don't... If you don't mind being surprised, it can be a surprise. Yeah. Like, it's I, you know, when you're going to see the latest Harry Potter or Marvel or Star Wars movie, even if you've tried really hard, you've seen a bunch of ads, they've been on all the talk shows, Mm -hmm. they've been on all your podcasts. Even if it's great, it might not really be a surprise. Yeah. 
I have found that the movies that I've most enjoyed are the movies that I had no idea what I was coming to go and see. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think, oh my gosh, has it already been two years, but Victoria. Oh, that, that's an excellent That was, movie. I yeah, had no yeah. idea what I was walking into, that's the, um, and it was just, I like the heist movie. movie that's supposedly all done in one take. Yeah. It was all done in one take. Really? Yeah. I looked it up, and they did three shots. They did three takes of the entire movie. That's insane. And like, that movie's like 143 minutes. That's nuts. And they go, it's over the span of two days, like there's the sunrise in the take, and yeah, they're getting starts in and out of vehicles, then... and yeah, yeah. amazing. It's but from, yeah. yeah, sunset to sunrise. Yeah. That's a really good movie. It was so well made, and that's the thing, I had no idea what I was coming to see. All I knew was Victoria. I was like, I am assuming it's the main character, and then right. you sit down and you're just like, yeah, tra- I think trailers have just gotten a lot worse. Like, I, I saw Alien Covenant, and right. I felt like, okay, 75% of this is in the trailer. It's so... I try my best to... So I'm like, I'm, I'm almost done with trailers oh, yeah, because there's, you know... Especially for big mainstream stuff, I really try... I, fall, I, I have fallen in the habit here at the Mayfair, even, that I know... Usually we have three trailers. Yeah. And you can hear it pretty well if I'm, like, chatting with one of you guys in the box office or something like that. And I've fallen into the habit of not even watching those sometimes. Mm-hmm. But for the big old, big mega movies that come out, I don't go online. Some people will ask me, oh, did you watch the new Star Wars trailer? And I'm like, no, I don't. I, I try to avoid it. And I think I've talked about this before, but... Well, that's an exception. Those yeah. trailers are well cut together and they don't spoil too yeah. much, it seems. And they're like, they they kind of part of the master plan where they little teasers here and there. Mm-hmm. But it was the Avengers trailer a couple of years ago that I saw. So I saw Avengers at the Evil Multiplex, and then we had it here a few months later. So we had the trailer. So I watched the trailer after having seen it, mm-hmm. and it gave away so much, like including like really neat little plot points and kind of twists. Mm-hmm. And I was so glad I didn't see it before. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the I, supposedly Hollywood does it because it works. They're like. Put everything in the trailer. People will go, I like that. And then we'll go see the movie. Well, it doesn't matter. They're like, you know, it doesn't matter. People will go see it anyway. Yeah. And it's weird. Even movies that you think... I always, lately especially, contemplate that a movie like Star Wars, the new Star Wars movie, is just wasting a lot of money. Because all of us nerds are going anyways. (laughs) And it's going to be on... Like, you know, every late night talk show. So the actors are going to be on Colbert and The Daily Show. And they're going to be on all the daytime shows as well. They're going to be on Ellen and... All those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Plus, they'll be on every podcast. They'll be on every magazine cover for Rolling Stone, Entertainment mm-hmm. Weekly. They'll be in the newspapers getting reviews. So the words kind well, of they, out they, there. They gotta, they gotta market to uh, yeah, Joe, Joe Sixpack. Yeah, and... yeah. Well, that's what Lee was arguing one of the podcasts a few weeks back. Yeah. was that it's the super nerds and the geeks are going to come out for sure. Yeah, but it's the dates and the friends that are going to go along with them that they're trying to target to come. In yeah, and yeah. Them. It's the people who aren't. Us. Because <laughs> they want to make the extra billion dollars. I'm always curious, like, what do normal people watch now? Because most people don't watch TV. Like, the traditional, yeah. like, I'm sitting down at 8 o'clock and watching half hour with commercials. I think most people don't get newspapers anymore. So, like, the full page ad in the paper that was the tradition, big color ad. I don't know if the 6 o'clock news is what it once was. You know, so just, like, kind of the traditional where you would put a commercial. I don't know where they get people anymore. Um, like social media on facebook yeah websites stuff like that yeah 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 yeah. all of those things is like i've been seeing a lot of trailers recently on those different platforms yeah i can't say that i see trailers anywhere else really 
Or it's funny because, like, you'll see the cross-promotion on, like, chip bags and Coke cans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. But you're not going to get the Woody Allen advertising on a Coke can. <laughs> it's always going <laughs> yeah, to... I'd like to see that. It's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. It's going to be Star Wars. So I don't know how... It must be very difficult. And I know that we've had... I think it's A24, an indie distributor. They've gone out of their way for movies that we've screened in the last little while to buy ads in the paper and do stuff like that specifically for us like says like premiering at the Mayfair this date Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the little guys seem to maybe still doing slightly traditional things Mm -hmm. of buying print and maybe radio ad I don't know Uh, but yeah maybe it is it's like (laughs) podcast and Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff yeah Snapchat between stories now they've got ads that are there so they must pay a premium price but I don't know if you guys are familiar with Snapchat, but anyway, yeah, it's yes. one of those social media things. And we ha- we're on Snapchat, by the way. I, yes, we are. Yeah, I, I run it. No one watches it. No one's added it. But please do. I have never been on Snapchat. <laughs> I don't know quite what Snapchat is. I know the logo because I've seen the logo a bunch of times of the little ghosty with the weird background. I'm falling off of. I admit that, like, I'll do Facebook stuff or Twitter stuff daily for the Mayfair just put on what's playing today or stuff like that but i really don't explore it you know like when i'm i don't sit down eating breakfast and scroll through facebook or anything like that yeah but i think people do uh, yeah something's yeah, that's yeah, yeah, there. yeah it used to be you open the paper now it's you open your phone and you look at what's on facebook what's on snapchat yeah insta even though not much has changed since the night before yeah, well, but, even they've all added news. Like, when they all started, they didn't have that little column. Well, news and quotation new, new, Yeah, news and big quotation marks, which is any news nowadays. Yeah. But I always, little old me, whenever I do an interview or, or get in the paper, it's always wrong. And so whenever somebody bigger and more important than I say, no, I got misquoted, I always believe them. Because, like, I did a little thing in in Halifax for a book signing. And it was human error, but the store is called Strange Adventures. And they forgot the S and put T as the capital. So it was Trange Adventures. And then they said I was doing a book reading instead of a book signing. And nowhere in my little press release did it say I was doing a reading. So just little things like that, it really does make you hesitant to trust anybody. It's like, wow, you guys didn't even care to do a quick little proofread of this tiny little blurb. Yeah. But yeah, and anytime to kind of get on Mayfair topic, anytime someone comes in, and complains that we're showing something at the wrong time, I'll say, oh, where did you get your information? And they'll say through some website or somewhere. And without trying to be too snarky, I'll put my smartphone up to them and be like, well, see, our website says it's right, so I think you might have been looking at the wrong one. Because unfortunately, these weird middlemen movie listing sites are doing it to sell ad space and get clicks. And often they don't get it right. So Too often, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I always try to tell people, just go to our website. It's all there. It's all, you know, it's easy to see. Get on our newsletter. Well, also for like people that don't have computers or internet and all of that, you know. Yeah. Our more senior patrons, I'll tell them like if you want to check, call the morning of to see because yeah. we have a message that says all of our listings. Yeah. So there's always the one lady that always complains. But... The. Um... <laughs> so what are you doing? There's in always sc- one complainer. Yeah. What are you doing in school now for your film stuff? Are you doing indie stuff? You're doing like French cinema now, aren't you? Oh, that was last semester. No, oh, what do you this now? semester I'm doing Canadian and Quebec cinema, but oh. the prof is hella Quebecois, and we've only been doing Quebecois cinema. Well, there's a, there's a lot of good Quebecois cinema. Oh, but only <laughs> only the serious abuse and rape movies. Oh, it's a laugh riot. 
I was just like, oh, like, and the worst is that there's much more to Canadian cinema than just that. Oh yeah, of course, <laughs> the rape it's, and abuse. There's recurrent theme. Those are the recurrent themes, but there's much more than just that. So, so he won't he won't let you get away with writing a paper on like crazy or Starbuck or like we the only two non serious abuse movies that we saw were crazy. Yeah, thank goodness. I love that movie. Yeah, and uh, Les Amours Imaginaires from Xavier Dolan. Right. Those Ooh. were the only two movies that I would feel comfortable showing to like a fourteen-year-old. All yeah. the rest were just like Aurore l'enfant martyr, the original and the remake, and Séraphin a nommé son péché, which you guys probably don't know them. But anyway, they're, they're just heavy. Like they're heavy, and you're watching this at eight thirty in the morning, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I haven't had my morning coffee." But <laughs> that's your morning coffee. <laughs> yeah, and this is what really got me was the first day of class. I we were talking a bit about ourselves, and I said that I've worked at the Mayfair. And this prof oh, says this. that, yeah, it's that prof. He's there, and he's like, the Mayfair, I think I've heard of it, never been. And he's been a cinema prof for the past 30 years. Uh, I feel comfortable saying this, because he's, he's not, he he's not going to listen to this. He's not tuning in. <sighs> yeah, he doesn't know how to use the internet. So anyway, it was just like... <sighs> That's crazy. Not supporting our own. And yeah. he's there complaining about... Anyway. That's my little rant. That we don't show enough. Oh, yeah, he was talking about how cinemas, you know, they only play the big blockbuster stuff and they don't do too much independent and blah, 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 not showing any Canadian stuff. Yeah. It's just like he was inventing all of these stats and all of these facts, and I was like, um, no. So I think he might have also been a bit salty because I was salty with him, but. (laughs) I love when people (laughs) make that complaint about the Mayfair, and the last time it happened, by even recently, but last time it happened, they were like, oh, not enough independent, not enough Canadian. And we had like, two Canadian movies and a foreign film and yeah. like, we're, we're, we're nothing if not diverse that's what I like yeah. about this place yeah so anytime people complain that we don't show enough Canadian I'm like you're not paying attention because yeah. in the last few months nearly a weekly basis we're showing something Canadian it's been, we've been on a very good run lately well this past week not well we should get on to right. the upcoming week but, but last this, week last week we had Bon Cop Bad Cop 2 which did yeah. you know decent which was really yeah. good fairly well yeah Aim for the Roses yeah. Canadian documentary about... Weird Vancouver documentary. Yeah, uh, that no one came to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, about, about the Canadian stuntman Ken Carter. And even Colossal, Colossal. I think, yeah. had some Canadian money in it. Yeah, on our... Um, like, when we, when we fill in information on our website, it's all very... There's, like, a grid, and we fill in, and we're like, the movie's this long, here's the director. I, I got to send an email to our computer dude... Because there's, there's only the option to put in one country. And more and more, it's it's like Canada, New Zealand. like Or, or th- like there was something we did I put on today, and it was three countries. Yeah. And I want to say, like, can you just give us the option to put in more than one country? Because more and more and more, yeah, it is like a country team-up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, tons of Canadian stuff lately. And not just Québécois. That's the other thing. My yeah. prof is yeah. just, we've only explored Québécois cinema, and it's like... There's so much more. If I look at the movies that we play, you know, of course we'll be playing some Quebecois cinema, yeah. but most of our Canadian movies are all English and yeah. are not from Quebec. So, but he probably hates those movies. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's Quebecois to the max. And that's the weird thing too, which I was naive to before getting involved in the Mayfair, is how distributors like the states because it's the states. Like if you're R-rated in New York, you're R-rated in L.A. and you're R-rated yeah. in Idaho. But in Canada, you might be. PG in Quebec and G in Ontario and 14 in Manitoba. Mm-hmm. So you have to do it. You have to pay a fee to get it all through. So often we've had requests for certain Quebec films 
and our hands are tied and we're like they didn't get distribution into ontario so we like you might be able to see it a 15 minute drive that way somewhere if there's a, whatever there's the nearest theater across in, the in Ur. yeah but you, it's so weird how we don't have a cross-country rating system yeah. which is so strange but so that's a problem too is that there's movies we have that had been on our radar before and we're getting big press and awards but they just didn't bother because they thought it wasn't worth their while to make their way into Ontario. Yeah. And it's only kind of the ones that are really big, really like, like your crazies or Bon Cops or stuff like that, yeah. that get a lot of cross country press yeah. that can make it to us. So even that's always the problem too, is that it's not our choice sometimes. So like, Oh, sorry, we can't get it. But yeah, so let's chat about what we have coming up. It is, as we're recording, this is June 8th, 2017. I'll be getting this up tonight or tomorrow. So June 9th to June 15th, 2017. We have a couple of special screenings this week. We have the Ottawa premiere of a locally produced film called Awakening the Zodiac. And it's a, I think, a present-day set thriller about a couple people who find a film reel and it leads them to try to catch the crook or get a reward. I'm not quite sure where the reward part comes in because I've just seen the trailer. I don't think they're trying to catch them. They're just trying to like find them or something. But that's a locally produced movie, and it's strange because we have that now, and then a month from now we have a 1970s Zodiac film. Yes, the Zodiac Killer, which was apparently made, the filmmaker had this sort of weird scheme where he'd make the film and set up traps in the theater that was playing the film in order to catch the killer. It's so weird. It's like supremely exploitative and taking advantage of real-life murders. And even more weird, because it came out while it was going on. Yeah, 1971. Bullshit. Like, it was in the papers, and if it was, you know, if, if you were watching it, it was Boston, wasn't it, that this was happening? San Francisco. Or San, Fran- San Francisco, yeah. So if you were in San Francisco and went to the Grindhouse-type theater on a Saturday night, the front of the newspaper might have the story that someone was killed the other day. So bizarre. So it came out really fast and completely to take advantage of the headlines with kind of trying to do a good deed, but not really. (laughs) But so, yeah, so it's just by strange coincidence, we have two Zodiac films, one this week for a few screenings of a locally produced one and then one a bizarre grindhouse 1970s version. Yeah, that's from our friends at the American Genre Film Archive. Which is my States. favorite thing. Oh, I love that. They're a nonprofit that are rescuing uh, old exploitation film prints and yeah. restoring them. So this is like a 2K restoration of this old 1970s grindhouse film about the Zodiac. So. And it's like treasure hunting yeah. where they, they wouldn't send us the print because it's they find a print, restore and they make, it. Restore it and then make DCPs of it. And then do a limited run in these kind of theaters and then Mm -hmm. get it out on Blu-ray. But it's great for, you know, stuff that's not necessarily cinematic classics, but this real kind of fun, weird treasure that is not on Netflix, wasn't on home video stuff before now. Mm -hmm. And we kind of forget that there's so much out there that's just going to be lost Mm -hmm. because it's not going to hit that 4K market or that 2K market. So for these little groups to be saving these little weird indie horror films and stuff is lots of fun. And just you watch the trailer and it's bizarre. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a real kind of treasure to see this stuff on the big screen. So yeah, so check that out. That's next month in July. Another Audible premiere we have this week is Bugs, a documentary about eating bugs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And one of of our loyal patrons was asking about when we were screening it because his wife, I guess, is no bugs. What was funny is that they were saying they were going to come see the horror movie, 
and I kind of teased back at him and I was like, oh, so brutal murder's okay, but bug eating? No. And that's this strange line that people have for movies sometimes where, I guess maybe because it's fiction and nonfiction too, but I guess a lot of people, the thought of showing people eating bugs is just out. Yeah. Well, I think it's especially people, I'm just going to generalize here, but older generations that have maybe more of a closed mind when it comes to stuff like that. But I'm thinking of, you know, the like 20-somethings have maybe more of an open mind because now they're thinking about, I'm just thinking of the new trends of being vegan and all yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. And realizing the impact that eating animals has on the environment. And I think that's what that documentary explores. Yeah, and even myself as a vegan, I still think the documentary is really interesting because of that, where... Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those things that you're you're never going to win this fight, but if you can make baby steps towards it, yeah. and if these guys are saying, these guys aren't going to shut down McDonald's, these guys aren't going to shut down Burger King, but if they say, hey, if we do this stuff with bugs and use that for animals and use that to make this out of and, and have this in weird restaurants, it's these little baby steps of kind of helping save the world tiny little bits at a time. Yeah. But, you know, I know that it's stuff that they're exploring in the documentary, but I've already done some research on that. And yeah. You know, they're a good source of protein. It's easy to farm them. They don't take up a lot of resources. And you need a minimal startup to be able to raise bugs. So I had grasshoppers years ago before I veganed up. <laughs> and really, it's like a lot of stuff like that where I had, it was like chicken wing grasshoppers, essentially. So it was had like a bunch of like spices poured all over it. And it looked like a grasshopper, but you put it in your mouth. And it really was the consistency of sunflower seed or even popcorn, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it, it didn't feel gross in your mouth. It was just, they're, they're so flavored up. Mm-hmm. And if you just ate them plain, I don't think there'd be anything to them, but they, they either, you know, they, they sunflower them or they put them in chocolate. I had that too. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're eating a grasshopper or a bug dipped in chocolate, it just tastes like chocolate. Like it's, that's about <laughs> it, you know? And so yeah, it's an interesting documentary. And so we have that starting on Saturday, June 10th. And it was funny because I was thinking how we just had the food documentary for Jeremiah Tower. Mm-hmm. And I almost went to like Antipazo and was like, hey, do you guys want to present this movie? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that would fly. So yeah, so that's two of our regular premieres. Then a special screening we have Saturday night of Night of the Living Dead. It's a free screening at 1130. And I still don't quite know the logistics of this. I don't know if you guys know this. There's a movie being filmed while Night of the Living Dead is screening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can come watch Night of the Living Dead for free. Yeah, be an extra. Sign, yeah, sign a waiver. Sign of a waiver saying mm-hmm. that. Do you guys know what it's going to be? Like, are we just starting the movie at 1130 and the camera will be in there somewhere just getting like a crowd shot? Is that the I idea? I should know because I'm working it. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> I've been too busy with school. <laughs> I'm just very, because I had thought initially that it might be, you know, say they're playing it just on a DVD or something. So they'd be like, okay, we're going to show this 10 minutes, record you guys, rewind, show this 10 minutes, you know. But from what I understand, that last time I was talking to Lee, he said, no, it's going to start at 11.30 and just go. So maybe it's just that they're getting crowd shots, you know, cutaway shots. Yeah. And they'll get, like, a shot from the back. Probably for, like, a a one, like, a 30-second portion of the film or something. And they might get a shot of, like, the characters walking down the street outside or something. But Well, that's what they did. There was a rental not too long ago, and that's what they did. They shot a scene in the theater. And so that's, they had all of their camera equipment there, and there was a bunch of extras that just... We're paid to just yeah. sit in the audience and be filmed looking at the screen as if you're yeah. watching movies. So it's pretty fun. Uh, it's gotten pretty good response from online of people mm-hmm. wanting to come out. So hopefully they'll get a good big crowd. I have to work Sunday morning, so I might not stay for the whole movie, but I want to stay and just kind of see what they're doing. But to segue into another movie, uh, I'm going to come watch The Circle on Saturday night. 
with Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks and Emma Watson. Tom Hanks, I think, playing evil Steve Jobs in this movie, kind of. Yeah, evil Google guy. Evil Google guy, yeah. And Emma Watson playing a young genius who gets a job and then realizes that they're possibly doing evil things about spying on people through social media or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's interesting because it's few and far in between that Tom Hanks has not played heroic good guy Tom Hanks. In I don't movie. know if he's ever played a villain. I get the only with an asterisk beside it. The only one I could think of was the the Wachowski movie. The Cloud Atlas. Yeah, that's oh, the only right. thing. That's the only one that comes to my mind. Where so. it was all... he played more than one character. In that yeah, movie. so it was like an anthology. But one of the characters in that movie like yeah. threw a guy off a balcony. It was like a big kind of over the top scene. But like you go all the, like you know you think from Splash all the way up to the Circle. Pretty much been a good guy. Like or there was the Road to Perdition where he was a gangster, but he was still kind but of he was a, still kind of the protagonist. Yeah, that, yeah. What are you looking at? I just Research. Googled it. Uh, uh-huh. A League of Their Own? Oh, yeah. He was a jerk. The Lady Killers? He was, a, he was just a bitter baseball player. Lady Killers, that's a comedy. That's oh. Yeah, because that, that's like the Coen Brothers kind of... Yeah. These are all movies before my time. And yeah. Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition. That, yeah. That's a great movie. And he's like, he's killing people in that. He's, he's a gangster, but he's still kind of the heroic guy. But I think in this, he's like the bad guy. I'm curious to see it. Tom Hanks is interesting because he's... He's got such the track record behind him now, mm-hmm. and then just every couple of years does a movie like Sully that makes a bunch of money or or um, gets him an Oscar nomination or whatever. That he'll do these little films in between now at this stage in his career that not a ton of people see, mm-hmm. but he's just doing it because he has the power to do it and thinks the script is good probably. So when I see Tom Hanks in a movie, I trust it because I know he he doesn't need the money. Because some actors, you know, there's no, nothing wrong with it. You see them in a movie and they'll, they'll say, why did you do this? And they kind of say, the paycheck. You know, it's... Yeah. it's but, uh, so yeah, I'm curious to see it. And Emma Watson, this came out right at the same time as Beauty and the Beast. So this giant blockbuster of a movie that I think we're getting pretty soon, I hope, because Disney likes us and we usually get it right before it hits Blu-ray. So I wouldn't be surprised if by our next podcast or so we might have Beauty and the Beast. So she did this little independent movie right at the same time as Beauty and the Beast. So, so yeah, we have The Circle for a few nights starting on Saturday the 10th. And then we have a return, not even like a second week because it there was a little gap in between. But we have Alone in Berlin making a comeback. With Brendan Gleeson and Emma Thompson. Yes. World War II drama. I missed it, so I'm glad we kind of got it. We yeah, got I didn't it see it either, actually. It looks really good. It. No matter how far we get from World War II... People keep telling World War II stories. It's fascinating that mm-hmm. it's never gone away. It's something that continues to fascinate people in very different ways. And so this is a like a I was gonna say family thriller, but that makes it sound wrong. But it's it's, it's a it's really a, not a family movie. No, it's, it's rated it's, PG. But yeah. from what I've heard, it really should not be rated. It's PG. about a family, yeah, whose son dies, and then they start fighting against the Nazis, and then it kind of goes from there. They're the underground, and they're trying to fight on in their son's honor kind of thing it, and it, yeah i heard that too it's 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 so tough but it's pg but it's should not be rated. it's more of a 14a yeah i believe yeah, yeah. also just because it opens on the sound of gunshot it's stuff like that it's it's so movie ratings are so subjective from the people who slap the ratings on things and that's why it's so weird and often if it's a kind of a historical film or like a highbrow film it gets a pass on certain things yeah. And if the exact same violence was in a just an average like buddy cop movie, mm-hmm. it would get an R. But yeah. because it's a historical period piece with Emma Thompson, they're like, ah, that's PG. It's educational. So it's always tough. 
funny story. Yes. When we were playing Alone in Berlin, we were also playing Maudie, and this family with children were there to yeah. watch Alone in Berlin, and I was like, okay, it's PG, I'm not going to, you know, the yeah. parents are there with the children, and then obviously they really did not, they thought they were watching Maudie. Yeah. So these poor oh. little children are running out, and I was like, oh. Yeah. I'm very, because even to this day, people sometimes assume that a cartoon is for kids, which they are often. But especially in this day and age, in the nothing new, but anime films and stuff like that. And we were shown one, and I went out of my way to be like, this is not for kids. And lo and behold, and we had it, I guess maybe it was like an 8.30 one night or something, and somebody showed up with a kid. Belladonna Sadness? Yeah. Oh, okay. yes. And I told them, I was like, I appreciate, and I, and I said, I can't stop you from doing this, but this is not a kid's movie. This is really not a kid's movie. Maybe your kid's the exception and this will be fine, but just, like, you might not want to come to this. And it's so funny. It's so tough because some movies, like, some PG movies will scar a kid for life. And some other R-rated movie will be fine with a kid. I saw a movie like Alien way too young. Like, I I probably saw Alien thanks to VHS when I was 12 or something like that. And that's a restricted movie. And I saw it with my friends at a sleepover or something. And all my friends and I turned out fine, but then some other kid might have seen something like that and gotten night terrors for the rest of their lives. Some adults may have seen that, to be fair, and gotten night terrors for the rest of their lives, but... My friend watched Rocky Horror when he was six. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) How did that happen? Like, just at home on VHS kind of thing, or on TV, or...? I think an older brother, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. that would scare you for life. Yeah, my little brother saw Leprechaun. (laughs) Which is, a, which is a very bad, hokey, killer leprechaun movie that garnered half a dozen sequels. It's it's funny now because he's a grown-up and he can laugh about it, but as like an 8 or 10-year-old, it genuinely gave him nightmares. Aww. Like, waking up screaming nightmares. And you see that, and you're like, oh, yep, some things aren't for kids. <laughs> some things. But then when I was a kid, went to see E.T. At, with a birthday party. And one of the little girls there watching E.T. broke her. Like, E.T. freaked her out. She was crying. And, and, and I remember she had to go. Like, the mom brought her out. And the rest of us watched the movie with one of the other parents or something. So, eight other kids there were fine. But she did not like E.T. <laughs> she did not like Well, it. it's probably nothing compared to Turkish E.T. No. Yeah. <laughs> go on YouTube and look up Turkish E.T. That's, Turkish pretty, E.T. that's pretty scary. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, Alone in Berlin is playing every day this upcoming week except for Monday. Yeah. So. And and yeah, I guess, I guess it just whenever somebody says, "Oh, I missed it. Is it coming back?" I always say, "Unfortunately, probably not cuz like the Mayfair is like a train. It just keeps moving and keeps on getting new opportunities." Yeah. But every once in a while we are able to fit something back in after a couple weeks, but so if you haven't seen it, want to see it, do it now cuz this probably will actually be yeah. the last time we get a chance to show it. And then the last film this week is Paula, which is... I guess if you like Madi, you'll like this film. I think so. I think... Another film about a painter. Yeah, not to kind of blanket statement it, but I think it's like the German Madi, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Turkish Madi. Yeah, yeah. How good it is or bad it is. And it's another period piece kind of movie about a painter, a woman in an age of men painters and museums and her fighting and get her art out and stuff like that but it's another independent film from Germany it's two German films Alone in Berlin is a German film as well this week so yeah nice nice and diverse this week because we have Zodiac is from Canada Circles from the States Bugs is from Denmark and then Paula and Alone in Berlin from Germany so nice diverse international films being screened this week but, so that's the six films being screened 
the Knights of the 15th. We have a couple more coming up that I don't think we talked about yet. We just put a poster up today for From the Land of the Moon. Oh, is this um, with Marion Cotillard? That's correct. <gasps> oh. And it's a 1950s romantic drama epic, I believe, with her in the lead. And that starts on Friday, July 7th. And she's great. She's won like it's so she's won every award. Type of little thing. I was like, starring Oscar, Golden Globe, and Can winner Marion Cotillard. But I could have written twenty five more awards. She's yeah. won everything and she's and she's not that old. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's got a long career ahead of her still. So we have that coming up from the land of the moon on the seventh. And the other one that I don't think we chatted about was Radio Dreams, which is coming July fourteenth. And this looks really interesting. It's an Iranian writer wants to bring together his favorite Iranian band and Metallica. So it's the documentary about him trying to make this dream concert come true. It's won awards in Seattle and a couple other film festivals. And Lars Ulrich is in it. Lars Ulrich's in it. So I don't... It's kind of an example of I don't want to watch the trailer. I don't want to know the spoiler, but some form of Metallica is in the movie. Yeah. But I don't know if the movie pays off with the thing at the end. So... But so that's a, a fun, weird documentary that we have coming up in July as well. And yeah, I think that's the only two we did talk about. Everything else you can check out on our website. Everything else is we have cartoons coming up. We have. Yeah, and we've got Rocky Horror this Saturday. Yes. Or next Saturday. Next Saturday. Yeah, that's June 17th. And then we'll have the August announcements for The Room and Rocky Horror soon. Just keep an eye on our website, they keep rolling along. I want to figure out, I keep on saying this, I want somebody who listens to the podcast or somebody who to do this work for us, <laughs> but it's not only are we, we a world record for The Room, but I'm pretty sure we might be up there for Rocky Horror now, because there's some theaters that we won't be even close to, because especially back in the day, they were playing them three times a week for yeah. a year at a time. But for present day, I don't know if there's many theaters left That's screening nice. it monthly, which we've fallen into now. They screen it around Halloween or some special events like that. But yeah, I'm very curious to what our where we stand. I could ask Sam; he would probably be knowledgeable. I think in LA they do that very, very often. Yes, but maybe for Canada, I think we would we be could be up there. Yeah, I'll look into it because yeah, I love Rocky Horror. I love doing that. I work it every month, so yeah, I'll look into that. Weren't you contemplating being in Rocky Horror? I was. I yeah. really want to be Columbia, but then I figured it'd be kind of unprofessional to be up there on stage and then something happens <laughs> and someone asks for a manager. That'd be, that'd be great. You like in costume in the box office and then at a certain point you just close the box office and go up onto the stage. Yeah, well, last Halloween I dressed up in the whole course that I had the floor show costume all on, but then right. I was thinking like it kind of... Yeah, it'd be quite unprofessional for me to be in the cast and then, like, say one of you guys is working box office and you need a hand. There's me. Who's going to take me seriously, you know? It'd be great. Dressed up like that. And I, I'll find this out next time, or I'll post it on our website. Some of the gang are doing Fringe Fest stuff, too. Yes. So if you're in Ottawa and listening to this, go check out Fringe Fest. Or go check out our Facebook or whatever. I'll post something about it. Mm-hmm. But I know Sam's in one. I know Mark's in one. Yes. So there's at least two shows that have a couple of the Rocky Horror Gang in it. So yeah. go check out Fringe Fest in Ottawa. That's starting pretty soon, I think. I've kind of lost track. But I think I think later in June it starts up. That's a whole bunch of shows over a week and always has some good local stuff. 
Oh, Anya's looking. Anya's June eighth to eighteenth. June eighth. Oh, that's really soon. Okay, so that's like starting today. Wow, there you go. So if you're listening to this right away, go check it out because you can go see some of the Rocky Horror Gang. That means I gotta go see that too. Maybe I'll do that this week too. Cool. Fun times. That's about it for this week. Lee might be back next week if he comes back from Pittsburgh. He's there uh, fighting zombies. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he's there. Uh, he's go- at the Monroeville Mall. Yeah, he's gone to the Dawn of the Dead Mall, where I'm sure he will succumb to zombie flashbacks and start fighting people. So yeah, he'll be back next time with some cool Pittsburgh zombie stories, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Stay tuned to all of our social media to find out updates. Go visit our friends at House of Target across the street for some pierogies and some rock and roll music. That's what I'm doing tonight, going to eat some pierogies and then coming to see Aim for the Roses. Uh-huh. And hopefully it'll be more than me and my friends there because we're not paying to get in. So hopefully somebody <laughs> will come and pay to get in. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. The luck of the Irish is being packed and shipped to a little town in South Dakota whose luck may have just run out. It's out. It's out of the crate.